Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Another week has come and gone. <laughs> Mel, how are you doing? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well... I've been good at turning in all of my assignments for school, so that's good. Okay, and good. working on keeping my blood sugar up, which has actually been very helpful. Oh, Interesting, good. right? Um, and I've had a couple of decent-ish days, which I thought was awesome, but I told somebody that earlier, and I was like, okay, well, in, a, in like 10 days, I've had like two and a half really good ish days and they were like oh i'm so sorry and i was like no be happy for me that's amazing like, this is an improvement yeah we we've had some more family drama life and death scenario situations sorry to always be so vague it's just so traumatic and like well it's private. hard because it's not your information to share yeah if it right? were mine i'd be like and then this and this and this yeah it's somebody else in your family and i understand that it's kind of hard to like know where the balance is between being vague and not saying anything and also like respecting other people's privacy. So yeah. just just know that it's big blah. But I will say that my mom, my tiny mom, who's a widow, who's a boomer, who's like, charge ahead and keep going, is like, what did the Shore family do to have all of this stuff dumping on us constantly? So 
you know, but then she like kept going after that. And I'm like, I know, mom. See, that's why you could take a nap. Want to watch TV? <laughs> oh, <laughs> for realsies. Yeah, but I mean, today was a good day. Um, Here's my new plan, Anita. Well, it's actually part of my mm-hmm. old plan. So, you know, I started roller okay. skating. Uh-huh. And I've realized that with skateboarding, like you have to stomp your foot a lot to make things stick. Okay. I've okay. And I've kind of started learning, but I'm not like posting any videos yet because I'm only doing roller skating really on instagram okay mm-hmm. i am gonna take out all of whatever is happening around me at all times on learning skateboarding so if i get really good at skateboarding really fast you'll know that i am just stomping on people places or things that are giving me anxiety <laughs> and trauma you're stomping on all the nouns yeah i've done a lot of skating this week i have to say to escape like Good. yesterday when a traumatic thing happened i like ran away to the actual skate park and that was good um but other than that i'm in emdr still i have funny spending habits when when i do emdr like that one time i got a bunch of roller skates oops now i realized today i guess i bought some overalls i bought the same two pair of overalls from two different stores and they came today and that was like a delayed consequence of last emdr I don't know. Who knows I don't what you're going to end up with. You know what, though? I'm here, and I'm breathing, mm-hmm. and I have dogs, oh, good and I'm just telling myself, like, when I feel really terrible, I look at my dogs, and I think, I have three angels around me, and that keeps me going. No joke. <laughs> That's so funny. Even Jersey. They're angels sent from heaven above. Oh, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta just keep going, I guess. Whatever. How are you? Mel, I mean, last week was really bad. I don't even want to ask you. (laughs) It's getting better. It's actually getting better. Okay. But I I just wanted to tell you that I tried to rent a book from the library. (laughs) I have a $43 library fine. How? You did not return the Very Hungry Caterpillar last year. I mean, I just think I look back on the last three years and anytime I think I'm like getting it together, I'm like, oh, no. You didn't return that book from 2020, and it's been accruing all of these fines. So then I was just like, I just don't want this book. I'll just never rent anything from the library again. (laughs) Like, how did this happen? I don't know. It would have been cheaper to buy Um, it on Amazon. Yeah, I think they probably, like, I think the fine is probably for them replacing the the book or whatever. But, um... Yeah, in general, I I have been really, it's been really interesting to watch my own brain for the last week and recognize what is happening and that I, I was thrown into a very, very literal fight or flight and um, going back and forth between, you know, what angry things I was going to do and also where we were going to go. Um, and so that's been that's been really interesting. And I'm watching myself pull out of it, too, and being like, no, like, you are safe. Everything's OK. You know, it's not an ideal situation, but it's it's OK. Um, so I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better. And I I don't skateboard and stomp out my energy. I just go ride and run up mountains. And that's where my my energy goes. And that's been really helpful for me. Also, yesterday was my son's sixth birthday. 
So that's been that's been fun too. His birthday was not as awful as my daughter's sixteenth birthday because sixteen is like you know, but it is like crazy to me to think that he was two when Jason died and now he's six and so much has changed. He's changed so much. That's so wild to me. I can't believe he's six. I know it's totally wild. Um, yep. And, uh, there you go. That's me. It's getting better. I think I'm starting to be human again. You should knock on wood right now. <laughs> you are so right. We, we oh all know goodness. better, right? Widows. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I hope I hope I can get back to like where I was was before quickly, which is which is one benefit, I think, of time. And maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this, Mel, but I still feel like we have these really griefy episodes, but I feel like we recover from them a little bit quicker as time goes on. It's like you have more evidence that you actually can do this. And you've practiced more. And so it's like you get thrown on your heels and now it's like, okay, like I know what to do or I know what to try and I know that I can actually do this because I've been doing it for this long. So do you think that's true? Yeah. And even with this recent like shit show of my life of 2022, literally from the day January 1st, I've pulled up even even more experiences from further back like even before Scott died mm-hmm. and that were very traumatic and and I came out of them and I had resilience and and so I rely upon those now more than I did before I think um because I feel like my trauma is chronic <laughs> but I look yeah. back and it's like you survived this you survived this you survived this and this and this and this and it might not mean all suffering ceases one day because I don't think that's the point of life. Obviously, there's a lot of suffering in the world and hopefully we're here to help make others' journeys a little bit better as we're going along ourselves. But the thing about the human spirit is I know that it's resilient and I know it is such hard work and I know you have to keep going. So yeah, I've been trying to pull on experiences or pull from experiences from... Mm -hmm. My whole life, my long life of 40 years. You elderly woman. Yes. Come, guys, and hang out with us in the Widow Wives Club. It's a great place to be. I just really appreciate everybody in there. There's so much good that happens in there, and I'm so thankful for all of you. It's on Facebook. Just make sure that you answer all the questions. Mel, we just had a person with almost my same name <gasps> enter the Widow Wives Club. That's so cool. Weird, huh? Yes. It's like the Matrix or something. Ooh. <clears throat> if you want to keep the podcast going, come check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. And if you join our Patreon, it helps us keep the podcast going. And you get things. So many things. <laughs> If you join at the $10 level, you get ad-free episodes and you get a shout out in episode in the podcast. But monthly tier donations start at $5. We're going to start with our secret dead husband. And to her, we say, Mr. Widow, (laughs) bring me a drink. Make it the saddest that we've ever seen. Oh, barf. Next, Constance Dahlbeck, David Kelly, Don Satterwhite, 
Emily Wesenberg. Gail Bell. Heather Mullins. Ivan the Meisner. Kat. Krista Waite. Maya Glasser. Neil Hooper, my hair sis. Sam Finlayson. Amber Vela. Amy Hartman Martell. Amy Neal. Ashley Hahn. Barbara Schneeberger. Brandy Younger. Brittany Pedro. Chris Steffen. Cindy Wilkerson. Danielle Catterberg. Not a Debbie Downer. Dennis Brazo. Jean Marie Massey. Jenny Taylor. I saw a commercial with Jenny Taylor on it today at the gym when I was running. Yeah. She's so fancy. Okay. Jennifer Beal. Jennifer Brown. Jenny Wang. Jesse Johnson. Carol Schultz. Kelly Ford. Kirsten Stromberg Clausen. Lara Aguirre Penner. Lauren Old. Lou Clausen. Marie Hoffman. MK Anderson. Trisha Wiest. Rachel Barbosa. Sarah Morris. Simone Fu and the tiny centaur. <laughs> Giraffe? No, what was. Meerkat. Meerkat. She gave it to me. I have it. Good. Sunshine Haven. Sylvia Tiny the Shore. Hmm. Taylor Snyder. The Winehouse Karen Cornejo. Amy Burke. And Drennan. Anna Tracy. Audrey Henniger. Christina Scambato. Christine Anderson. Cindy Raynaud. Connie Remich. John Barber. Debbie Fells. Deborah Westwood. Diana Becker. Emily Toledo. Eric Vandermeulen. Aaron Posick. Gabe Lozano. Gia Benoit. Gina Haas. Ian Sini. Ileana Bell. The Jackie. My mom. A secret patron. Jennifer Davis. Jenny Armstrong. Jenny Barrow. Jocelyn Milo. Julie Stevenson. Karen Ochoa. Welcome. <gasps> Hi, Karen. Yay. Karina Jacobo. Karina Jabobo. <laughs> Kathy Murray. Katie Getz. Katie Radcliffe. Kara Mascara. <laughs> Kevin Ferry. Chris Morgan. Laura Keeley. Lindsay Kanavka. Ah! Laurie Farrington. Marjorie Lewis. Marianne Hammond. Marianne McDonald. Mary McGowan. Megan Montague. Melissa Bowers. Melissa Hancock. Our daughter, Missy Schubert. Naomi Brown. Peter Rukavina. Rebecca Olamaker. Becky the Zebra. Robin Flam. Stacy Saywert. Tammy Taravest. Tara Wallace. Trenton Thompson. Valerian Root, the actress of all of Davis County Packer. Wow. Judy Malkin. And finally we have Double Wall Tumbler Wendy. It keeps ice and drinks it's very handy. cold. It's very impressive. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We <laughs> Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We really couldn't do this without you. We appreciate you so much. If you'd like to buy us a taco, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. We were thwarted in our taco buying attempt today. You guys, last week was so bad. You know it's bad when Anita and I like don't even text each other. Like normally we text mm -hmm. each other and we're like, ah, and this time like we just had silence. So today we were going to go get tacos. And then we forgot our favorite place is closed. So no tacos for us. But if you would like to send us for tacos on not the day that the shop is closed, please consider buying us tacos. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? 
A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Okay, if you guys don't want to do either of those things, will you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or iTunes? Whatever. On Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it really helps people to find us when they need to find us. And if you don't even want to do that, but please do that. And if you write one, please make it nice and not mean. (laughs) Not this week especially. Yeah, please. Just spread the word. The more that we can help the widowed community and the supporters of the widowed community, the better. We're all here to help each other. So thanks to those who do donate so that those who are not able to or don't want to can still listen for free. We appreciate you. And... We hope that you enjoy this episode from the Widow Mafia Mob Boss. (laughs) This is very exciting. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. We're two young widows. We are trying to figure it out for ourselves and help you figure it out. Widow. We do meow. Yes, I said meow. Welcome. My name is Disaster Zone, as you, <laughs> as marked by my Zoom name. Yes, we had to have a Zoom name switcheroo, but uh, we have a special guest today here with us. It's the leader of the Widow Mafia. Truly, yes. We don't we don't say that word. Oh, mm-hmm. it's the leader of the not talking about it group of people. This is somebody you don't want on your bad side. That's correct. That's all That's I have to say. This is also my personal bodyguard. She's not wrong. (laughs) She'll break your knees. That's right. That is right. This is our friend Nikki. Nikki, let's see if I can do it right. She just told us. Catapano. You did it. Right. You did it. You know how you can think of a cat getting smacked by a pan. Like what she's going to do to anybody who loves you. You'll like this, Mel. Cat on a piano. Catapano. (gasps) I had an art teacher in middle school. That's how he remembered my name. That's cute. There you go. I liked Mm -hmm the other one it's more violent i mean <laughs> either way either way nikki where are you from um originally i'm from jersey i'm a jersey girl so you might hear that accent come out but yeah. right now i'm in florida i've been uh in south florida for the last five years is it too hot in florida i feel like no. it's too hot in florida it's literally just it? it's literally just like it was in new jersey except I have an ocean breeze because I'm on the East Coast. I'm like by West Palm Beach. I'm like right above Boca. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you ever see alligators on your front porch? No. And I'm no. I've literally for five years I've been waiting and I have not seen one. Do they have like alligator bait you could put out on the front porch? I mean it's marshmallows. Like, alligators what? like marshmallows. I know. Who doesn't? <laughs> All right, Nikki. All right, Nikki. We need to know a little bit more about you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Nikki? Okay. Um, 
so currently I live with my parents. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I have three dogs. Two of them, I know. Two of, well, they're all rescues, but two of them are brother and sister from the same litter. And they are named Ralphie Nicholas and Gracie Noel because they were born in December. Yeah, and of course. And then I have my Luna Lovegood. And Luna is the dog that James and I adopted together. And actually Thursday is her gotcha day. How, how old will she be? Uh, well, her birthday's actually in March, so she's four. But we adopted her in, in, on June 9th of 2018. And it was funny because James was very adamant about, I, I love Harry Potter. Even my, I'm a middle school teacher. My classroom is Hogwarts. The kids get sorted. It's like a huge deal. And he was very adamant that we would not give our dog a Harry Potter name. But James had not read the books, nor did he watch all the movies. So when I suggested Luna, he was like, oh, I like that name. And then it was like, Luna Lovegood. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sneaky. I know. Sneaky Nikki. So you grew up in Jersey. I did. And and how long did you live in Jersey? Till I, I moved to Florida when I was 33. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old are you now? My birthday is June 20th and I will be 39. Oh, you're around our age. My yes. Age. Did you meet James in Jersey or in Florida? Florida. Florida. Oh. oh I... And James is from New York. Oh, really? So mm-hmm. tell us what you do for a job. I'm a, I'm a middle school English teacher. I feel like you have the constitution for that. You could take them. Nikki has been in our Widow Wives Club for a while, and we met her finally in person at Camp Widow in Tampa, yeah. which was glorious. It, it really was. I was like starstruck. She was like floored that Anita was nine feet tall. Yes. <laughs> and I was also very intrigued by your walk. <laughs> she was. She kept telling me. I didn't My walk. Anita. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You've got a stride. You do. <laughs> you do. That's funny. I will pay attention to that Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so i want to hear nikki how you and james met because in my brain i had it i had it different so tell us how you found each other so in order so let me back up just a tiny bit for that so when i i moved to florida and it was like a quick decision i had no plans on moving here i knew no one i knew nothing like i knew nothing i'd never even been here um but i had just recently gotten out of a very toxic 15 and a half year relationship oh wow yeah so from middle school i'm sorry not middle school high school until i was 33 so that relationship was extremely toxic abusive and it ended and i this opportunity for a teaching job came and i really had no reason to say no so i got a call on like I don't know, I think it was like January 2nd and the principal had said, oh, I have a opening. One of the teachers didn't come back from uh, winter break. That should have been my first sign. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, how quickly can you get down there? And I'm like, down here. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I have to find a place to live, but I moved down three weeks later. So yeah, I was, I got my own apartment. It was the first time I lived on my own. It was like, I I knew like one person and it was by myself. I was just, it was just me. So that was interesting. So I started working at this charter school 
And again, I was a middle school teacher there. And a lot of the people I worked with, uh, they, James had worked at the school prior. So not when I worked there. And James is from Long Island. So he had moved down a lot sooner than I had. So he had worked at the school. I think he left the year before I moved down and went to a different school. All of my coworkers would mention him, but like we went by last names, like we, nobody said first. So they're like, oh, you, you would really get along with Senecola. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is, whatever. Nobody ever showed me like a picture. Like I didn't know anything about this guy, except that we would get along on our, it was our holiday Christmas party at work and it was it was December of 2018 we were all we went to some like lounge place or something that's where they held it and I saw this guy in this really funny Christmas sweater in fact it's literally on my chair it's a llama a llama right and I said to one of my friends who's that fun guy in the llama sweater and she's looking and she's like oh that's Senecola. And I said, oh, I know that name. Like, whatever. Apparently, he had weight loss surgery like six months prior and had lost over 100 pounds. So people didn't recognize him. I had no idea because I didn't know him. Later that evening, there was like 10 people that conspired this and <laughs> planned this because he didn't even work there. Somebody brought him on purpose. I was literally pushed into him. Like literally someone said, Catapano, meet Senecola. Senecola, this is Catapano. And she walked away. That's literally how we met. <laughs> literally. It sounds so romantic. I know. And then we talked, but he called it scream talking because it was really loud. <laughs> so we were scream talking for like a half an hour or something. And then he left because we we're both like, we were both like, we don't like people, you know, and we don't go out. So it was very loud and peopley for us. So he was leaving. I was planning on leaving as soon as I could get out of there. And um, I guess he got my number from one of those people because the next day he like texted me and then called did me. And I think he scream text you or did he softly text you? I'm not really sure because it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all caps. I don't think, but he also had terrible grammar. And he didn't, he didn't what did like he teach. He taught math and science, fourth grade math and okay. science. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That'd be bad if he was an English teacher. Oh, too. he had no, bad. Grammar. No, 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 no. <laughs> his, I mean, his texts, like I'm very in my text. I'm very like, I have to put punctuation and spell everything out. And he was not that person. And I get so mad. And I would fix his text. And he's like, I'm just, why are you doing this? <laughs> You'd correct his text and send him back to him with the red, red marker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sign your texts? Just curious. Are you like, I don't. dearest James, you will find the pot roast in the oven. Love, Nikki. No, no but not, he not used to, so he used to put, he used to write me notes and put them in my lunch bag. He would Aww. like pack my, I know. One time he wrote me a note. It was the best one. He said, I love you more than Kanye loves Kanye. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot. That's funny. Because <laughs> Kanye does love Kanye. <laughs> but yeah, he always, he was, he did a lot of the cooking and cleaning. Like he was 
amazing. But he was very much into me more quicker than I was into him. Cause remember I was like coming out of a really long crappy relationship. And so my walls were up and I'm just like, eh, okay. So yeah. So we went on a, a date like a week later, right before Christmas. And he then went to Mexico for, for Christmas. Cause his family had a timeshare. They always went to Mexico for Christmas. So I didn't really talk to him except like on Snapchat a few times. He, I found out later he was lying to me. He told me he didn't have Wi-Fi, but later it was, he found, he was just saying he didn't want to seem too like, you know, waiting. Yeah. Have that effect. Um, and, uh, I, he came back, we went on another date. Like we went on like really weird dates, not weird dates, but like we went to like the zoo and the science center and we went to uh, like, like little kid field trips. You guys went on field trips together. Yeah. But like we, but it was fun to us. Like he would, nar- we were at the zoo and he was narrating as if he were the animals. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, we went to the science center and, and then like the following week we went to an arcade, which That's was also very fun. I know. And yeah. And then he was, he was planning on moving to Georgia actually. And he had asked me like, you know, like, knowing that I might be moving do you, you know, is that something that would interest you or, or he said, would you want to still talk to me knowing that I might be moving? And I said, well, we don't know what's happening. Like, I know that I have a good time with you. We laugh, we have fun. So I don't know why we would stop that because you maybe might move to Georgia in several months. And he was like, okay, you're my girlfriend now. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Literally. And he would swear that that's not how it goes. But I'm like, you'd literally give me no option. Yeah. Was he going to ask? Apparently not. He just takes. (laughs) Yeah. You're my girlfriend now. Like, hey, glad we got this adult thing down. (laughs) You guys are going on field trips for your dates. And then he was like, you're my girlfriend now. I feel like this is like a fourth grade. I know. I was waiting for him to ask me to wear his sweater. (laughs) (laughs) So he didn't end up going to Georgia or he did? We actually, we, so I went with him a few months later just to go check it out. And he was like determined to get me to move with him. And I was like, I just moved here. And like, we've only been dating for a few months, like chill dude. But I went with him and we checked out like 10 houses in one weekend. And I'm like, this is just like New Jersey. And I just left there. I don't, why would I want to move here? I'm good. I got the ocean like 10 minutes away from me. No, thanks. And he had a job lined up and everything. And he talked to the principal about getting a job for me. And, um, and I had told him, look, I don't want to move here. And we talked about doing long distance. And then at the end, he just was like, yeah, I'm not going to go. Cause then I'm going to be all by myself. And I'm like, yep. But he owned a house, like he had his own townhouse. Um, so then he was dead set on me moving in and I'm like, still no. So that's kind of where, Luna came from because he thought if he got me a dog, I would move in. Did it work? (laughs) Not right away (laughs) because my lease wasn't up, (laughs) Um, but I was over all the time. And then uh, later, so that was June. And then I moved in in November and uh, lived with them ever since. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how we met and started our love Aw. With a really cut rate uh, matchmaker situation. Yeah. I just shoved you at each other and then. Literally shoved me. Yeah. 
And he didn't move to Georgia. He did not. There you go. That didn't happen. I know. So, okay. So you moved in together. Did you guys get married? No. We were engaged. He he told me he didn't want to marry me until he got rid of some of his debt because he didn't want me to have to take on any of his debt. Like if he died? I guess. <laughs> but... You guys just missed a huge eye roll from Nikki. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was epic. And you know, the funny thing about, I mean, it's not funny, haha, but it is. He kept telling me, because I have a lot of health issues, and he kept telling me that he was worried that I was going to make him a widow in his early 40s. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then this idiot had to go and die. So why is James dead and you're not dead? What happened? No offense. Excellent question. I often ask myself that because he was a much better person. Well, he had like back pain and he was prone to getting kidney stones. So we kind of figured that he was getting a kidney stone. It wasn't getting better. He went to like three different hospitals within a couple of days. And finally, they said he had a bulging disc in his lower back. Uh, And this final hospital decided to run blood work. I don't know why the other ones didn't. And found that he had acute lymphoblastic leukemia B-cell, which is a pediatric leukemia. Like he he didn't have it as a kid or anything. We have no idea how, why... um, he had no symptoms. So it was very sudden. And of course, this was during COVID. This was November of, of 2020. And so we had gotten him into University of Miami because they have a really good cancer center. So that was like, we found out November 10th, the last time I like saw him physically where we could hug and kiss was November 12th. And then they transferred him that day, that night to university of Miami. And so he was in university of Miami. It was supposed to be like 28 days. He was going to be home before Christmas, 90% remission rate. And um, we would FaceTime, you know, like every night, a couple times and talk on the phone. And he was still teaching. He was, he was um, teaching from his hospital bed with videos and he was extremely dedicated to his kids. I mean, every one of his students said that he made them feel like they were his favorite. So if an entire class of fourth graders can, can say that he was doing something right. You're just jealous, Nikki. You're like, none of my kids think that they're my favorite. (laughs) I actually got some pretty cool um, end of the year gifts. So Okay, good. Were they trying to get him ready for like a bone marrow transplant? Well, they were just trying to get him into remission first. Okay. okay. And then once was we were in remission, then it would be, okay, what's the next step? Bone marrow transplant. Okay. Um, the doctors were extremely uh, positive about everything. So, so yeah, so we would talk and then it got close to like around when he was supposed to be coming home. And I noticed that he was very jaundiced and I told him and I'm like, James, something's not right. Like you're very yellow and you're very bloated. And he was getting sicker and sicker and sicker from the chemo and everything. And he said, Oh no, it's just a side effect from the chemo. I'm like, I don't know if that's right. And 
he didn't make me his medical proxy because he didn't think I'd be able to handle it because I'm sensitive and he didn't want me to have to make those decisions. So his, his sister was, and which was fine. She's a doctor. She's a doctor of physical therapy in New York. So she was, she was his medical proxy and, and would always discuss anything with us. So that it wasn't like a whatever, but the problem was that she wasn't here. So, and she wasn't like videoing with him. So I couldn't call the doctors and be like, look, uh, I don't think something's right. And he wouldn't because he just accepted it as it's a side effect. It's is, it's, this is weird. This is like kind of creepy weird. So James and I met on December 15th of 2017. That's my wedding anniversary. Well, it's also the last day that James spoke to me because he crashed that night. <sighs> so he the was last... in the hospital for like a month. Yeah. Trying so, to yep. Well, a little bit longer than a month. Well, actually, he went to the hospital beginning of November. We didn't get the diagnosis until the 10th. But November, uh, December 15th, I couldn't get in touch with him, which was um, not normal. Um, found out that he had uh, acute pancreatitis. And then he videoed me that night for just a few seconds. Literally all he said to me was, it's bad, baby. And I said, I know James. And he said, okay, as long as you know. And I said, wait, are you talking about your pancreas? And he said, yes, I love you. And he hung up. And that was the last time I ever heard his voice. That's not a conversation that you've replayed in your head 10 million times, is it? And it literally three years to the day that we met. Ah. So, yeah. And that night he crashed. Um, he His liver was toxic from one chemo drug that he got one time. And I know the exact date of when they gave it to him because I kept track of, you know, his chemo schedule and everything. And they didn't think he was going to make it. So they let us come to the hospital. Uh, he was on a ventilator. He, but he, they couldn't sedate him fully because his blood pressure had dropped so low. So they had him restrained and he was like fighting it. And I, he, when he heard my voice, he started to calm down. So I was able to get him to calm down and tell him not to fight over the breathing machine. Let it, let it work for him. And he was on that for like two and a half weeks. They called him his Christmas miracle because he got out of it. Like he was doing better. He was sitting up. The, uh, we were planning rehab for him. And then they moved him from cardiac ICU to medical ICU. And it was downhill from there. His pancreatitis became necrotizing. He was in kidney failure. And it was just multi-system organ failure. And he fought really hard for as long as he could. And uh, he passed on January 15th. Two days after our anniversary. Okay. Also, don't you feel like, obviously you feel gypped because he was so great, but coming out of a, a toxic, bad relationship that was so long before that, doesn't it feel like the universe just played this dirty trick yes. on you? And you're like, what the heck? I, yeah. All the time I say that, I'm like, this is like, why? What did I? And, and for a long time, I blame myself. Like, what did I do wrong? What did I do to deserve for him to have to suffer like this? Like, why? Why did he have to suffer for something that I must have done? 
like it's karma or something or yeah and um so yeah so that that was something that in therapy that I've struggled with a lot the blame game I, I blame myself a lot like many of us do you know like I should have said something sooner I should have done this I should have done that when I mean logically I know that I couldn't save him but it's that irrational side is the one that keeps popping its ugly head so yeah it was his, his, his our anniversary was I only got to see him like four times throughout that month of him being in ICU January 13th was our anniversary and he died two days later and so I was with him when he when he passed so were you not allowed to be with him because of restrictions from the chemo and those types of things? Or yeah, and COVID. COVID. So it like a combination of those two things together. Yeah, because they like were depleting his immune yeah. system of everything from the chemo. It was some pretty nasty chemo drugs that they were giving him, clearly. So it, when he was in ICU, his sister got to see him more being the medical proxy and being in the medical field. So... And they would like video or FaceTime with us. So like he, he didn't speak again from that last phone call or video chat. He never spoke again. They said he developed encephalopathy from the liver toxicity. So he was like kind of hallucinating uh, beforehand, which makes sense from things that he was saying to me. He just never gained that control back again. I mean, he was, he would give a thumbs up. And it, it was, he would, he stopped responding to everybody except me. So I had to, I had the hard job of having to ask him if he wanted to go back on the ventilator the night before he passed, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer anybody else. And his sister was there with him and his father was there with him and he, he wasn't responding. So his mom said, well, put the, put it, the phone up to him and let's see if Nikki if he'll respond to Nikki. So he, so I, she put it up to his face and I said, hi baby. And he opened his eyes and I said, you know, I love you so much. And he nodded. Yes. And I said, James, do you want to go back on the ventilator? And he just shook his head. No. And I said, okay, then you have to keep fighting. And he did for one more day. Yep. So Nikki, you've kind of explained that you were in this kind of strange space because you weren't married and you weren't his healthcare proxy. How did his family treat you as far as his person? Did you get, you know, deference given to you? Did they see you as his person or were you just, and I'm just saying just like, um, you know, his girlfriend. I'm not saying that's how I feel, but did other people treat you like that? Well, <laughs> James and I were supposed to start IVF three days after he died. I know. So, and that ended up being his funeral. Oh, come on. <sighs> yeah. Come, come on. <laughs> yeah. So his family, some of them viewed me as his partner. Like, you know, his mom did not. She, she, uh, there were many of arguments about, about, our relationship at first, like at that time, I was actually living with his parents because <laughs> I got black mold poisoning while James was in the hospital. Why of not? You did. Right? Of 
course, because I was trying to get the house ready because he was supposed to be coming home. We found that we had black mold, so I couldn't live there. So I was staying with his parents because his parents had a, had a bigger house and it was closer to my school. And so it was fine. And so when he, when he passed away, I made all the decisions like with his mom, she had a hard time doing it. So I, I helped with whatever I could and things were pretty good until they weren't in a two month period from James passing. So he passed, then we were supposed to start IVF. And then less than two months later, my, the school I was teaching at the principal terminated me without just cause, like no reason, literally said without just cause. So I lost my job three days after that. I had to go to the IVF doctor, which was hard enough as it was. And on the way home, got into a car accident in which I got hurt. And then at the end of that week, his parents kicked me out of our house. What? So. Wow. Yeah. What did you do to make karma hate you so much? I I wish I knew. I feel like that about my life, too. Yeah, it, it was. That's a lot. It was a lot. Were your parents still in New Jersey or had they moved to They Florida they were they had moved down by then. So they they um actually his parents both of our parents moved down because when we first started our relationship, neither of our parents lived down here. Um our parents actually moved down within like a couple of months of each other. To like retire or something or just they're tired yeah. of cold? Both. I mean my my father was tired of shoveling. And, yeah. and I, I guess his dad was too. And his parents were uh, teachers in New York. So they were retired teachers from New York. And my mom works from home. So she's like, I can do that anywhere. And my dad's a musician. So my uncle lives in Florida. So they were, you know, going to be doing their little gigs and stuff. Uh, so whatever. The class act. That's what they were called. Yes. <laughs> and then they changed it to two hot cats. Oh, <laughs> wow. Does one of them play the piano? Two mm-hmm. cats on a piano? Mm-hmm. My my uncle Danny played the piano. Yep, and my dad's the drummer. So you had all this horrible crap going on, and you get yeah. kicked out. You have no job. Where do you go from there? Um, and, and then there's grief. Let's like not even forget that. Oh, part. yeah. There's <laughs> tremendous grief and all that secondary loss. And I mean... I was left with nothing from the house. Everything was taken. They even tried to take Luna. No. Why do people do that? Oh, I don't know, but it didn't happen. So, um, luck, luck, my mom, my mom is my savior. Like what, I, I don't know what I would do without my mom in all honesty. Well, I'm glad you got to keep Luna. So where yes. did you and Luna go? To your parents' house? To my parents' very tiny condo in a 55 and up community. Yeah. And that is where we are. Nikki, I imagine that that felt like another kind of insult to injury. Like oh, yeah. Like, and now I'm moving back in with my parents. And oh, yeah. And that comes with its own set of like, do your your parents probably want to be your parents still a lot of the time? Oh, my like, mom. Actually, I mean... For the first few months, I mean, I I don't really remember much, but I know that I, my mom was like force feeding me and 
because uh, I couldn't, I didn't, I lost like 30 pounds in two months because I wasn't eating, drinking, I was forgetting to take my meds. Then when I lost my job, I was literally in like the worst depression for five months It because it, I couldn't find another job. So I was like in bed for five months. Just I, not I remember sleeping. when that happened and you told us in the Widow yeah. Wives Club and I was like, I really hope that she's going to be like, okay and survive this because yeah. this was like worst thing after worst thing after worst thing. And, and, you know, it was when I found your podcast, it was, it was like, okay, maybe something good is happening. I did because I feel like you guys, your podcast came to me at just the right time. And it wasn't like anybody told me about it. I literally just like typed in widow and you popped up. I'm like, widow, we do now. That's punny. Let me, ah. that's fun. And I'm, I have to start from the very beginning with everything. All right. So I started from very first episode and it was exactly what I needed to do because as I was going through these things, it was the things that you guys had already gone through. So uh, when you started talking about the passive sui suicidality, like that's something that I was very much dealing with. And sometimes I still do. And I, you know, I talked to my therapist about it and of course it scares my mom terribly, but you know, it's, it's, it's not something that I knew that there was a name for. And when I heard you talk about it, I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not that crazy then if this is, this is somewhat normal for what, what I'm going through. Okay. Um, and then it was just like each week, something would be justified for me in which it, it made, I don't want to say that it made it better, but it made me feel less alone, I guess. Yeah. And that's you guys. I mean, your podcast is really what it's the only thing I was able to listen to because I, I couldn't listen to music because music was such a huge part of our relationship in our lives. I couldn't watch TV because there were shows that we watched and he had asked me not to watch them until he got home from the hospital. Oh, yeah. I know, like Shit's Creek. No, no. Oh, I, I, I finally, I watched it. I watched it. I had to, I had to. It took me a few months, but I did watch it. But there's still other shows that I have not watched because... I couldn't, I, I can't, I just can't bring myself to do it. So literally all I would do is listen to, if I was walking Luna, I had my, my headphones, my, my AirPods. And that's what I was listening to one of your episodes. If I was in the car, I was listening to one of your episodes. And that's literally what it is now. Besides, if I'm not listening to your podcast, I'm listening to Pamela private. And private <laughs> no yeah. way. Nikki. It makes my heart warm and cold to know that you found us and that it helped you. Warm because I'm so glad it helped you and cold because I know how you feel. We know how you feel. And you and I, when we met in Tampa, I feel like we get a lot of each other's stuff. We're kidless widows. We're about the same age. We have dogs. Um, there's the element of isolation. Mm -hmm. um, now, I didn't live with anybody but scott when he died but i had to get out of the house because they were selling the house yeah i didn't lose my job but i wasn't working because i couldn't work right. and and so some of those things i really really relate with and i'm so sorry it's so dumb and 
the passive suicidality thing is so common and so real and and I'm not quite sure how many widows that have kids and like are forced to get up every day and attend mm-hmm. to things. I don't know any statistics or anything on if they feel it as like we do. Do, yeah. But I mean, I still struggle with it. Still. It's like when stuff goes wrong and I feel like I'm kind of like making it up a little bit, get kicked back down and I'm just like, "Why?" Like at what point is something is can something just go smoothly for like yeah. one month? I mean, like just one month. I'm asking one month. And so everybody would say to me, like, well, nothing else could go wrong. And I'm like, don't, why did don't you just put that. that into the universe? Thank yeah. you. Because it will. Maybe it will. In a, in a previous life, you and I were like hellions that like destroyed some things together and now you we're know, paying for it. I don't it's know. It's funny. I was just talking to a friend last night about that book, Journey of the Souls, that you've talked about. Yeah. Because she's really into that and she she um, works with students with behavior issues and learning issues and stuff like that and um so she psychology and and all of that is really big on her and how the brain works so she was telling me about the book and i'm like oh i know about that book from mel i talk i talk like i like know you know you but well you um, do i mean i, mean, I do but i mean like you're like one we're of like two people that actually messages me on the app <laughs> guys i mean app. yeah come on i was one of the beta testers it's pretty cool yeah so you were saying your friend and the, oh, yeah, journey and the of souls. so she was talking about the journey of souls and telling me about like how you know like we the how the studies went and how people you know your soul your spirit or whatever goes into wherever it's supposed to and you pick a new body or i don't know it was a lot of information she told me that there's jobs i want to be the the librarian you know that what gets, i want to be which one? I want to be the person or the in the class of spirits that gets to go around and like whisper inspiration into like innovators and people like that. Yeah, see, I wouldn't be good at that. The, the pet one. Oh, yeah. Also, I would like to say I every time like things keep getting worse, I just say if if there is a chance that I die and I have to come back again, I'm going to decline the offer. Because mm-hmm. I think this has been just enough. This is, yeah. Like how it, you, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, how much more can a person go through at a somewhat young age and still come out of this somewhat sane? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be a bitter old lady. And I feel like. I am. I'm already person. one. <laughs> you were one before. I was. Yeah. I. I yeah. How how do we go through this and sit with all of the real emotions, hold them, realize what they are, and not become so cynical that it destroys us? That's what I feel like it, the challenge is. And I think that one of the biggest things that helped me too with you guys and, and the Widow Wives Club is that we have no choice but to laugh at these things because the only other option is crying and we've done that already and so that dark humor that we all somehow develop within this process is really what has helped me like I had some morbid humor before I I mean I was probably going to hell anyway 
but in a handbasket. But you'll be there with um, Billy Joel. You'll have all the good songs. That's right. Well, Nikki, you are the official meme mistress, meme madam. Oh, I like that. I've decided. So yeah, I I agree with the dark humor, and it that's what gets us through. I mean, there's sad stuff, but there's also like really funny dark yeah. gallows humor. Question for you. Yeah. So health problems make things hard. Yeah. Being a widow makes things hard. Thing mm. after thing makes things hard. Are there points in your life where you feel a little bit of glimmer of, okay, I can do this? Or are you still feeling super compressed and like the world is on your shoulders most of the time? Well, I struggled with depression and anxiety even before James. So that was something that was that, that world on my shoulder, the worrying, the stress, the anxiety, that was all stuff that I dealt with. Um, not to this extent, obviously. Uh, and, and James was really good with that. That was the hard, uh, another hard part is because James knew how to deescalate when I got to those points. Like he, he, would find me like in a panic attack and he knew exactly how to make it stop. Or if I was having an endometriosis flare up and I was in tremendous pain, he would jump into action with the heating pad and like making sure I ate and medication and, you know, everything that I wouldn't even remember to do. He somehow remembered. So he was, so losing that as well, that, that caretaker, that person, that my person was another layer to, to the loss, those secondary losses that they talk about for a long time. I did, I had no hope like whatsoever. And I didn't have a job. I was on unemployment making like what crap money, but luckily I didn't have too many bills. I paid my student loans off. So, I mean, I didn't have much to worry about and I was living with my parents so I guess that was a bit of a, a positive. And then uh, it was, I, I had applied to over 30 schools after I lost my job. I don't know if that principal like blackballed me or what, but I could not get a position in the district at all. And one of my friends who happened to be James's best friend, actually, she, uh, James actually got ordained and, and, um, officiated her her wedding years ago like actually right before we met she was one of the ones that conspired to get us together so she had I was in like a really bad week-long depression like I literally I don't even think I showered for days I just couldn't get out of bed and she called me and she's like why don't you come over and I'm like no I don't want to that sounds terrible and she's like come over tomorrow We'll get something to eat and we'll just hang out. No big deal. So I was like, fine, whatever. So I went there and she was like, you know, like, well, did you try looking at other charter schools? Cause I had, you know, originally worked at a charter school. I'm like, I didn't even know there were other ones. And she found this, uh, she knew of this other charter school and, and she's like, Hey Nick, they have um, a job fair tomorrow. You should go. And I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. And then she gave me a sandwich which was which always helps i mean it was good it was like a chicken cut breaded chicken cutlet with roasted red peppers arugula fresh wow. fresh mozz 
Whoa. Wow. And a balsamic glaze. Stop it. I know. Delish. At my house, it would have been ham on bread. Mm-hmm. The end. I mean, sometimes that's what you need. <laughs> but yeah, so so I was like, okay. So I got my resume updated that night and picked out an outfit. Mom ironed it. Because that was the other thing. James always did my ironing. Because I, I didn't care. James ironed. James ironed, like he steamed it. I, I'm like, I'm not ironing. I'm going to burn myself. What? They're just going to get wrinkled again. No, he wouldn't let me out of the house. Just like my mom. So my mom ironed. And I went to this job fair thinking like a job fair. Like, okay, it's a big event. Everybody's going to be there. It's like tables, whatever. No, I got called into the principal's office. And I was like, and it was the principal and both assistant principals interviewing just me and I'm like well let's see how this works and it turned out that the principal and one of the assistant principals were both from Jersey so I was like okay and um they position that they offered me was for third grade and I'm like no that sounds terrible I don't want to do that and the principal's like well why don't you just do it to get your foot in the door and you never know something could open up so I went home, I talked to my parents and I was like, I really don't want to do that. My, and my mom's like, you can teach anything. Like just, it's going to get you out of the house. It's going to give you that purpose again. You need, you need this. So I was like, fine. So I, I called the principal, I accepted it. And, and um, great started work um, in Florida. We go back to school, like in August. So like our last day of school was pretty much around your kids and you we finished the 27th may 27th so i started like preparing my room and all this third grade stuff i'm like i don't even know what i need to do i can't math (laughs) i can spell it but um and then the day before school started someone's like principal's looking for you and i'm like why no i haven't even i haven't even done anything yet and so I finally get up to her office and I like slowly walk in. She's like, yeah, come in, close the door. And I'm like, do we have to? And she's like, it's not bad. Just sit down. And I was like, okay. And she's like, so do you want to teach sixth grade English language arts? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, our uh, sixth grade ELA teacher just gave us two weeks notice. <laughs> so we need an English teacher. And I'm like, Yeah. So literally the day before. So I was in third grade for like three days. <laughs> and then then you graduated. I graduated. And I mean, Congrats. I'm pretty much the same height as most of them. It, actually, some of them are taller. Um, the third graders. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So then I moved up to, to sixth grade, which is not my favorite of the, the middle school grades. But I had six classes this year. I did two advanced classes and four regular ELA and um, I, it, I had so much support. I had so much encouragement and love. Like these people didn't know me from a hole in the wall and they accepted me without any reservations, without anything. Like just, yeah, this really crappy thing happened and I'm trying to like rebuild myself. And they were just like, let's bring it in, you know? And um, so 
having that support, having the encouragement. I mean, my, my principal tells me all the time that I'm my own worst enemy. She's like, why are you like, you're, you're highly, you're highly effective. Like, what are you worried about? You know, like, cause she had to observe me and, and, you know, we get the teachers get, get graded. Um, and so she's like, you, you're, you're fine. Like you're doing great. I had some of my advanced kids that are just like the best. One of them was like, I've, I nominated you for teacher of the year. And I'm like, and I got to go to the banquet for their um, student government. She was this, this one girl, she, the same one, she, um, she won a, uh, for student government. She won her the speech that I, she wrote the speech. She asked me to help her fix it. It was a great speech about Walt Disney and how he was a leader. And um, she ended up winning first place for the region. And then she went for the state and came in second place. So because of that, because I helped her, I was invited to this banquet, which, I mean, it, it was so, so nice to see these kids like appreciative and like, okay, maybe I did do something right. Maybe, maybe I wasn't that bad of a teacher. Maybe, and, and my kids knew, my kids knew that about James, because from, from day one, I had like a, I had shown them like a, a collage and one kid had asked like, Oh, was that your husband? And I said, well, actually that's my fiance. He passed away. And so they, they were like very understanding and sympathetic and empathetic. They could tell like when my mood was a little off and they'd say like, you know, like Miss C, is it, is it like a rough day today? They would bring me candy or food or food. Yes. I know so me. Sweet. I'm so yeah. happy that you had that support and that you landed in a situation that was maybe even better than the situation you got booted from. Yeah. You know, it doesn't like take away the hurt, but it is nice to finally have something positive in your life. Right. And I mean, and it, and I still felt the loneliness, of course, like I didn't have, my brothers weren't able to come when James passed because of COVID. And both of my brothers had only uh, met James one time, but they both had amazing relationships with him. And it was, <laughs> my brothers didn't speak to each other for over 10 years. And James had this goal it was his like one of his major goals in life was to get my brothers speaking again and he had this whole plan because he planned out our wedding I feel like he was the chick in the relationship and he so he he's like I know how I'm gonna get them to talk like both of your brothers are gonna do, they'll do anything for you you're their baby sister so for the wedding I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to them both and so he had this whole plan that didn't happen but when James passed away, my oldest brother, who's a drummer, he's a musician, he he and I are nine years apart, and he and I always had a pretty rough relationship because we're we would butt heads. Uh, but as we got older, we've gotten much closer. And when James passed, it hurt my brother so much, not only because James died, but because he couldn't fix this for me. And it broke his heart. And I mean, he even, so James, he used to call, he used to call James, sweet baby, James, James Taylor. And, and 
James, our, James and I's song was Your Smiling Face because he used to sing that to me all the time, James Taylor. So when James first crashed, my brother had recorded himself playing Sweet Baby James and singing it on guitar. And he asked me to play it next to James's ear and see if, you know, we could get some type of reaction out of him. And so when I went to the hospital, I did. And a tear came down James's face when he heard it. Oh, God. That's like, that's like a movie. Yeah. You know, like I don't even know. Tear. Is it hard for you to hear that song now or do you listen I can't. to it? I can't listen to it. I can't listen to that. I can't listen to Smiling Face. I can't do it. I can't listen to James Taylor. It's, so it was... It, it, James died and then I get this call, like a, like a Facebook video call. And I answer it, and it's both of my brothers together. Wow. So he did succeed. He did. He did. Yeah. He, he finished his goal in life of, of getting my brothers to talk. And now, they, you know, they talk all the time. And they both call me up, and I have to hang up because they're just making fun of each other. And it's <laughs> aggravating. And I'm, and I'm just like, why did you both call me? Like, can't you I just... don't have time for this. Go Seriously. Away. Yeah. That loneliness is still is still there. And it's, I know you guys understand too. Not, well, I mean, it's easier for you guys because you have each other like close by. There's, I don't really have anyone my age in the widow community uh, close to me. So that I know of. So I, uh, that part gets lonely. That's why when, when you guys talked about uh, soaring spirits and camp widow, I was like, Oh, I don't know. That sounds like maybe something I should do. And my brother my oldest brother was like, Nick, you got to go. You got like, what, what's stopping you? Do you need money? And I'm like, no. He's like, so then go. And I think it was the best thing that I could have done. Not only because I met you guys, but because I learned I'm not alone. And there's this whole community of people that get it, that are, that understand that are available whenever I might need them. And that everything I'm feeling is justified. Yeah, I love that. That's Camp Widow. I've not talked to one person who has regretted um, going and meeting some of the other people. No, so it I'm was so glad that you found that too. And we're excited that we got to meet you. I, of too. course. I mean, and those awesome pirate shirts. You're welcome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Everyone can thank Nikki for suggesting that we needed pirate, pirate shirts. shirts. We yes. did. Oh man, Nikki, I'm so bummed. James sounds like he was just a treasure, a he pirate really was. booty treasure, and you got ripped off when when he died, and then I, a bunch of other stuff. I right agree. After that, I agree. And now you but, just have us. I'm sorry. We'll make you a t-shirt though. That's uh, listen. That works. Your your t-shirts <laughs> are great. It makes people uncomfortable, and I'm I good. know it's the best. <laughs> but but if if the consolation prize had to be you guys, then. That's not so bad. Oh, okay, good. Mm, hugs. Nikki, we have an important question that we need to ask you. You know what it is. I know, I know it. I know what it is, and I've been thinking about it for a long time. Okay, go. Yeah. So, what's your favorite cheese? What is it? I. What it is? I'm gonna say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite cheese is cheese. Final well, answer. Well, first of all, like, I mean, this is a very important month, and I don't want to discriminate. Okay. Understood. Okay. That's true. Mm -hmm. But I'm also Italian and Spanish. So cheese is pretty much like everywhere. 
So it depends. Like, am I going to be, am I fancy? Am I going with a little brie with some, some crackers and fruit? Are we doing uh, grilled cheese just for a quick and easy? A little maybe a Monte Cristo, huh? Oh, right? In a box. Mix that with some, some <laughs> Rotel. Yes. <laughs> in a crock pot. Delish. Cream cheese. I mean. Yes. All of it. I can't. Nikki I don't think I could choose. Man, I am not. Manchego. Mots. I mean, a little mozzarella. You could. You can't go wrong. I'm making some pizza tonight with fresh mozzarella. Luna won't eat food unless there's cheese on it. I have to put like <laughs> grated Parmesan on her food. I'm not even kidding. She's Italian. I'm not even kidding. I love it. James started Nikki. that. You're the best. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And sharing your memes. Yes. And thank you for also not eating something that you're allergic to while we were recording and having to get carted off. Thanks. We appreciate I, that. Listen, the EpiPen is close. Okay. <laughs> Stay alive, please, because we treasure you like a pirate treasure. Thank you to everybody for joining us today. We hope that you'll join us in the Widow Wives Club as well. It's our private Facebook group. Just make sure you answer all the questions. If you want to keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. If you'd like to buy us some tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. And until we get to talk to you again, I'm Anita. I'm Mel. I'm Nikki. And we are two young widows and the founder, treasurer, public relations manager of the Widow Mafia. And we are all just trying to figure out Widow, widow we, we do, do now. now. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what one, is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.